Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, as an adopted Calgarian, has developed a fierce pride in the achievements of his fellow citizens, and as such, basks in the reflected glory of Elisha Cuthbert's acting career. Such chops. The pop-punk stylings of both Tegan and Sarah of Tegan and Sarah. Such riffs. And the Hall of Fame wrestling career of Brett the Hitman Hart. Such leg locks. But most of all, the sterling political career of Raphael Edward Ted Cruz, who he has taken to his heart like no other. How are you doing today, Calgarian Luke? You know, you're going through that list, and I'm like, at least he's not going to mention Ted Cruz. <laughs> of course I was going to mention Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah. He hasn't, done anything, he hasn't done anything questionable in his uh, political career, has he? <laughs> he grew that beard. That was a bit questionable. <laughs> He, he looks like he, he looks like a political baddie in a John Carpenter film. As well. <laughs> Which then means he's in Metal Gear Solid as well as like a as a baddie. That's very nice, isn't it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I couldn't believe he's only fifty as well. Like, mm. obviously, sort of being. You're wondering what uh, what Dorian Gray painting he has locked away somewhere. Is that what you're thinking, Rich? Well, the other way, really. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> there's, um, there's, like we... a, there's a handsome <clears throat> Calgarian picture somewhere, and uh, what we see is the decrepit um, husk of, uh, of, you know, what channeling pure evil does to you um, mm. is, is a sight to behold. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> you as doing? you can tell, I'm doing well, Rich. As you can tell from Rich's intro, you know, we never kind of um, shy away from saying uh, questionable things on this podcast, which puts us in puts us in a great position for sponsorship, and I, I'm really happy to announce our first sponsorship um, for for different gravy. And and this listener is, have you ever thought how do I build a site for sore eyes in the middle of a park? I mean, every other midfielder has a loquacious handle on the ball. Well, fret no more, <laughs> listeners, as Square Pass is here for you. <laughs> Join next Wednesday's Scouse Crab Maestro, Darren Potter, as he takes you through his cool, calm, and barely collected easy method of stroking it on a horizontal plane. Other website services will have you thinking of mastering the art of getting the ball forward, but slow your roll there, wide boy, as Dad pre- Daz preaches an attitude of latitude. Sign up today at squarepass.com using the promo code GRAVYSHILLS to get the added bonus material lesson of Potter's Free Corners. Why beat that first man when you can win another corner? Square pass. <laughs> and I believe the first 50 people to sign up, they get a free James O'Connor doll that does the seal clap for you, which... <laughs> <laughs> does, it does. <laughs> it's the morale boost we all need in our day-to-day life. So mm. I'd say jump on that, folks. Absolutely jump on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think we should we should get ourselves into the, the news area of things i think that feels like a breaking hoo-hoos and there's been a bit of news i mean obviously the biggest bit of news is we're not going to be covering a game of football today um unless they sort of secretly have it had it behind closed doors uh we didn't play coventry city this weekend uh and in addition to that we're not playing wick and wanderers uh midweek um 
due to, and this will come as a surprise to everybody, I imagine, due to COVID-19. It's, um, mm. it's a little-known thing. It's catching on. It's, um, it's building up its reputation. Uh, and I mean, who would have thought that we would have had, um, you know, in a, in a similar way, who would have thought we'd have another teen sensation like to match E17? But, but COVID-19 has done it in, you know, with a plum. <laughs> exactly. Um, certainly had more of an impact on Sheffield Wednesday's season than their own number 19, uh, who is uh, Urigide. Um, he's barely had a sniff, but uh, here, here COVID-19 is busting in and, um, you know, cutting a swathe through the first team last week and then calling games to a halt altogether this week. So, so what we're going to do instead, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the issues of the day first, but we're going to do a kind of half-term report on the new signings that, that joined us in the summer. So that, there's that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But any any thoughts on the COVID, COVID closure, the COVID situation as it stands, Luke? You know, it's just waiting all week to effectively think, this is what we think is going to happen. Mm. And, and then seeing it happen. But then I was there thinking, if it was going to go ahead, how... How in living heck would it have happened with, you know, with with the training ground being closed yeah. until Friday, I think it was? Yes, yeah. I know. It's um it's sort of strange, you know, seeing the effects of the virus on the world at large, um, and then seeing football almost existing in its own little version of the universe in that regard. Uh, but as the number of cases is rising and the number of the percentage of the population that, that have uh, an active case is is rising, um, the impact on football has been unavoidable, uh, despite the fact they have kind of put their fingers in their ears and started chanting na 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 na. So yeah, this is this is uh, not. A wholly unexpected situation, given given where where we were, uh, but I suppose there's a, there's a bit of thinking. If you could manage to play FA Cup games, then why couldn't you play it, the your league games as well? I don't know. It's sort of strange. Um, it, but similarly, it's weird that the FA were going to penalise teams for not putting out a team, uh, which again, in the face of this kind of growing number of cases. Mm sending a group of people to another city um i wouldn't say unnecessarily but for sort of spurious reasons uh when they're already kind of ravaged by the virus i don't know it's a there's lots of question marks but long and short of it is that those two hopefully very winnable games are going to get chucked in somewhere that they (laughs) they're going to get squeezed in somewhere um and hopefully we are we're fit and ready when they come because we're certainly having the sort of season where those games are are you know the traditional six pointers. Uh, it's probably a bit of a missed opportunity, I think, potentially for for Neil Thompson because had he picked up results in those two games, he might have really put himself in a in a kind of prime position in terms of getting the job mm-hmm. of manager long term. Um, as it happens now, we're going into trickier a trickier run of games, um, which I suppose same thing, you know, if he continues to win games or get good results, then uh, those, those positives still stand, but it would have been, I'm sure he was in a way kind of licking his lips at the prospect of taking on two of the weaker teams in the division. Um, 
on on a bit of a roll. Uh, so outside of the the COVID postponements, we've had a, we've had a bit of good news. We've made a signing. Um, so we signed Andre Green, mm-hmm. formerly of the Villa. But I hope you won't hold that against him that he is um, he's West Midlands born and bred, Luke. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. Um, I I think this could be quite a shrewd acquisition. I, the interesting thing is, obviously, this was a name that was heavily touted and linked with Sheffield Wednesday when he was released in the summer. Mm. That kind of it's interesting to look back at his time. Um, seemingly, you know, coming through the ranks at Villa, some very very positive things said about him. Um, previously, I think Tim Sherwood has said, if I went to another club, the player I'd go get would be Andre Green first. Interesting. And really some some very positive things said in the media about who he could potentially be as a player. So they saw a lot of promise in him. The last season he was with them, that was when, effectively, he went on loan first to Preston. Mm. Didn't play, didn't get a sniff of a league appearance for them. Played, I think, in one of the cup competitions. It might have been the um, the League Cup. Was then recalled by Villa for lack of, you know, disappointing lack of okay. playing time. Yeah, that's when he went to Charlton. Okay, and was there for the end of the season up until COVID lockdown, and then he did play post COVID lockdown. So the last time he's played football was around was it July that the season ended? Yeah, yeah. July 2020. Um, I think in effectively, I don't know if these were appearances starting. He's had, I think it's around nine appearances, or that might have been nine starts from my record show for Charlton, which he scored three goals. Um, he was played in quite an advanced position, apparently. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah. very much a winger. But the interesting thing was, again, we can probably get into some of the kind of politics around the runnings of the club and what we what we feel as fans that we understand is what's kind of going on. But essentially, you know, the the big question was, you know, hey, if he's offered to Monk, then there's not great point. There's no great point because he's a winger. He's not a wingback. Yeah, yeah. I think, as as you say, I think for Charlton, he has he did play up front sometimes um, mm-hmm. due to their kind of ongoing issues with uh, Lyle Taylor um, sort of causing a stink on his way out the door. But... Yeah, not a natural fit for for the system that Monk was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just look, I've sort of I've I've pulled up soccer base for him now. So he the last time he played was the 22nd of July. The last time he scored was 1st of February. So getting on for a year basically since his last goal. Um, but I think so. Th- I'm in two minds really about this because it's. Partly for me, it's a bit of frustration because this is somebody that we could have mm. could have signed at any stage. He's 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 been a free agent since the summer, mm. uh, so he could have been a he could have been a summer signing. He could have been somebody that Pulis brought in um, if he was you know seemed as desperate as he was for for bodies and um, and play and creative players. Um, so it seems strange to bring him in now when we don't have anybody in place managerially. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of had six months sat. sat. I, I hope, and I'm sure he has. He's kept himself fit, but strange to you know, it's not the same as playing. Um, no. So yeah, it's a, it's a sort of strange thing to kind of the timing is strange, but on the face of it, just to, you know, take that out of it. We've got a player that is very has been very highly thought of in his time. Mm-hmm. 
maybe he's gone a little bit astray, but a guy with pace, a decent sized sort of player. He's he's um, just under six foot, um, but you know, not a midget by any means. Um, he looks like he's in good shape. He looks like he's been in the gym. There's some great tattoos up those uh, up those arms. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is um, that is really you know we we talk about sometimes talk about the fifth beetle, um, but maybe the extra kind of football <laughs> manager stat is tattoos. Really, tats, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but I, yeah, I'm ex- I, I'm excited to see see him come into the club. I think we. Mm. We need players. We need we need forward players. We need players with pace, and he does all those things. Keeping fit is always going to be a question, um, and getting him up to speed is obviously mm. going to be a question. But uh, yeah, nice. I, I, I think sort of when we were texting about it in the week, just pleasing to see us make a signing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we're I think obviously it... in this weird situation. Yeah, Sorry, I think yeah. that's a real positive. It gives an an uplift to to everyone around the club. I mean. The interesting thing is, depending on where he's from, depending on where he's, you, you know, I think we've seen, it's been a largely slightly better era of Wednesday, not having any great capital to spend on signings mm. in the past kind of, because I think we've made, it, it's much less of a gamble to make these type of signings, you know. Yes. Maybe we can have some kind of similarities. Well, not quite similarities. He's, you know, he's still a different player with a different background, but does it make you think about a cheap winger on a free contract, someone like Kadeem Harris? Who I think has been a great signing for us. I definitely think so, yeah. I think yeah. he's been, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a little bit similar to my terrible analogy about, you know, a an old second-hand 10-year, you know, car, Honda Civic that or t- Toyota Camry that you run into the ground. I love when you talk cars. Like... <laughs> I know who doesn't. Who doesn't? That's me doing Top Gear. If anybody that uh, right, I, I had was to, maybe tune free. Sorry, I had to have it explained to me. <laughs> I um, think it might be like a really old. To be fair, I think it might be a really old Top Gear theme tune. Not even from my one. youth. Yeah. Um, I think anyway. they. I think they have sort of sexed it up a little bit um, of late. It's probably so, got Stormzy on it now, Luke. Probably who? Stormzy's probably on it now. Yeah, he's just smearing his grime all over it. Yeah, try and get the Utes into cars. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. When is he not? When is he not? (laughs) I'm going to, after this podcast, I'm going to go update his Wikipedia. (laughs) That's what he's always trying to do. Best known for trying to get Utes into cars. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, Exactly, exactly. So... The Sorry. point I'm trying to make is that I feel like he's someone who's been... It's been incredible how much minutes and mileage we've got out of Kadeem Harris. But maybe also that's kind of been, especially this year, been the kind of downside of Kadeem Harris. Is that he's a man who looks like maybe a little bit of a break could, you know, reignite a spark in his imagination and some of his more creative play as well. And probably just give him a bit of a deserved rest. Cause I, it's, but that's just been an incredible... It, it, I think that's also to look at Kadeem Harris has been an unfortunate side of looking at uh, the past kind of two seasons now, this season and last season, because, you know, effectively, looks like you're on board for a regular season. A pandemic happens. Yeah. Granted, you have two months break, but then you're having two months of a kind of mini kind of training preseason by yourself. 
Um, you then come back to play games with a lot of regularity without having a real preseason. And then you don't have a preseason for this season because that was all foregoed to try and try and shoehorn yes, and squeeze everything into this tight little box of trying to get everything back on target, which yeah, yeah, the, who knows? Might happen, might not happen. But anyway, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think having having another options uh, a positive. Mm. Um, we we've I mean one of the big differences differences between last season and this season is we haven't replaced Jacob Murphy in any way shape or form. Mm. Uh, he he had a habit of producing quality moments, goals and assists out of almost nothing. And and actually, you see him. I don't know why he's not playing more for Newcastle because whenever I see him come on, he's just so, suddenly does the same thing for them. You know, he doesn't need much of the ball. He doesn't need much, uh, many times of asking. He just produces. So I'm not expecting um, that straight away from Green, or maybe he won't ever be at that level. But having another person to kind of share the burden, I think is helpful. Um, Harris has never been a player that's played this much football in his career before. So we're asking a lot from him in terms of the minutes he's putting onto the pitch. Um, but we're also we're sort of hoping and expecting he'll do a lot in a way that we've relied on not exactly like for like players but similar players in the past you know mm. Antonio was the sort of guy where you'd give him the ball and then stand back and wait and see what he did um, mm. I think JJ fulfilled that role previously and with the best will in the world uh, Kadeem Harris is not as good as those two at as good best. as two players for the best yeah uh, so he's he needs more of those opportunities, and as you say, he looks a bit devoid of ideas at the moment. So having mm. a, a bit of fresh impetus, I think, is useful. Um, I find the do find the timing strange, and as you say, the positives of we've signed somebody is good. It means mm. some of the question marks around the non-payment of wages have maybe been cleared up because there was a question of whether we would be under an embargo. Uh, but I know. The journalist we've mentioned, we mentioned him almost on a weekly basis. Alan Nixon sort of said that nobody had complained to the EFL, so there's no ongoing issues, which is why we were able to f- make this signing. So, although that was a weird episode, we've got to presume it was sorted because we haven't heard anything more about it, and thankfully, it's not had a negative impact on our on our um, our January transfer window which still does feel important if not quite as pivotal as it felt under Tony Pulis it felt like mm. almost all of the eggs were placed in the January basket under a uh, big tone mm. uh, it feels like we might get a bit more mileage out of our squad with somebody else mm. um, speaking of somebody else to get mileage out of a squad <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul Kuch has been talking a bit <laughs> <laughs> he has spoken to the club. He's, he's he spoke to the club when we appointed Tony Pulis. Um, he was approached by the club. It seems like this time round because he didn't want to put his hand in the fire again, only to be to be burnt. Um, but then he, I'm I'm trying to think uh, exactly how he characterised it. But he basically sort of said, "I have spoken to the club, but I'm not speaking to them currently," or something like that, wasn't it? So yes. We spoke and the conversations ended there. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And he expressed some doubt over the transfer policy, um, the amount of control he would have. We've also now seen some extra little ruptures of that. So Alan Biggs was talking about the fact that maybe Gary Monk was offered players rather than choosing players um, and mm. dropped in <laughs> without any warning was also this bombshell that, that 
Steve Bruce was just going to leave in the summer anyway, which he'd left it very late to do that if that was the case, um, because we were we were days away from our first match. But mm. um, Bruce sources, which is something that apparently Alan Biggs has has access to, um, like HP sources but sloppier. Uh, I was going to say, what do, what do you think would be the flagship source of a Bruce source? <laughs> I know that um, people in the Northeast call the raspberry sauce you have on an ice cream monkey's blood. Bruce's really? monkey's blood. Bruce's could be, monkey's could blood. Be the, the, it could be the lead sauce. Mm. Interesting. Is that, is, that a, is that a reference to Hartlepool? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they called it French spy's blood until they were uh, persuaded, of the, <laughs> persuaded otherwise. <laughs> Someone said that might be a bit racist. And then they said... <laughs> And they said, we'll name it something insensitive about animals instead. Uh, but yeah, so that an interesting sort of revelation. I mean, when it's sources and unnamed sources, you never quite know how much to, to go along with it. Um, it. It did always feel like Biggs was almost a, a kind of PR agent for Bruce at times. Um, he, he sort of touted him for the job several times, and then when he was in the job, was very much a cheerleader for him and and what he was doing. Not that I was against anything that Bruce was doing. I was fairly happy with his tenure until he went and stabbed us in the bloody back. Uh, <laughs> that it's brought uh, Vladimir Ivich into or Ivich mm. into into a bit more focus, but. Mm-hmm. That also seems a bit fraught in terms of the new new Brexit rules and regulations. Maybe he doesn't qualify for a, a visa. Um, it's a bit of a mess, this this managerial picture. It is. It is. Because then, is that something that's considered? Is But again, it's like, is... He could do it over Zoom. Exactly. Manage the team over Zoom. Exactly. I'm sure Prozone's, <laughs> Prozone have been working on some type of plugin for this, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. And he could do one of those, you know, where you get like um, the iPad screen with, with you put it on on wheels, you put it on a on a kind of uh, a pole with wheels, so that he could get around and talk to people. If you gave it arms, he could do fist bumps still. Hmm. Um, pat them on the bum when they leave the pitch. You know, all the, those are the main things that managers do. So you know maybe maybe we're just going to push this is the new age this is it this is it yeah well you know i think we can be trailblazers here you know i've said on the podcast that you know maybe it's not someone who's a lot alive who's going to be the next sheffield wednesday manager yeah and there was that thing you remember that story about um carlos putting on glasses and pretending to be a different character Mm. um on on some of the video chats you can you know you can have like a clown face or be a puppy or something and that (laughs) Mate, I think this is the next way. I think this is a step forward for managerial uh, workings within football. I think, yeah, I mean, it's exciting to be at the forefront. We're going to be, I guess we're there to, you know, have shots taken at us, but um, Mm -hmm. we'll also be the first to reap those benefits. And I think they're going to be sweet, sweet benefits. Yeah, some delicious omelettes from those those negative eggs. Well, Benny's Benny's (laughs) benefits... Eggs Benedict. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The brunch favourite. I think this is a really good idea, Rich, because, I mean, I, I think this is what Bucky's favourite Roy Keane would need, you know, <laughs> a bit of a bit of levity with some big deer-like eyes from a, from a you know, from yes. a Snapchat filter. 
We just yeah. need Roy Keane and a Snapchat filter. That's all we need. There we go. <laughs> and that's 18th place sewn up right now. Mm-mm-mm. And I could kind of see him, you know, like there's that uh, interrogation technique where you kind of maybe have like a, a dummy or another person in the room and you do bad things to the dummy. And the, the threat is, you know, I'm going to move on to you if you don't answer these questions. So Roy Keane in a kind of bunker somewhere being very mean to like a crash test dummy, but in place of being mean to the players, it gets the message across without physical injury, which would help, I think, in terms of you know, keeping the um, keeping players on the pitch. The, I, I honestly, all I see is is positives. So I, sure, this is exciting. Sure. This is exciting. It's um, like I, I of, said to you, I said to you before the podcast, Rich, you know, there's positives in everything. You know, hey, you know, you've just got cancer. Well, you know, you 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 know, you really wanted some time off of work. <laughs> yes, yes. What go. a dark, dark place to take us to. But to bring light in that darkness, we also the final bit of news of the week. Jack Marriott's only staying, Luke. Hey, party poppers, that horn noise. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's good news, isn't it? Oh, sure, sure. Jack. If you, good. Oh, well, you know he's a big. Uh, our recruitment team's a big modest mouse fan, so it's good news for people who like bad news, isn't it? <laughs> oh, he's he's played seven times for us, but you wouldn't know it. I I, I can only hope. I can only hope that it is genuinely like a new signing as opposed to an old signing that's was terrible and it's come back from injury. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. It's hard to see any positive. I was really hoping that the kind of, um, the silver lining to the fact that mm. Aidan Flint was going back was going to be that we'd probably do the same with Marriott. Yes. That, that was the silver lining Ooh. to the cloud. I'd much rather have Aidan Flint back than Jack Marriott. I'd Even rather if he was play injured for the rest of the season. Yeah, if he came on and limped up front for a bit, that'd be better than Jack Marriott. He'd win a hundred percent more headers <laughs> than Jack Marriott has in his time in a Wednesday. Yeah, show. I mean Wayne Rooney, the newly appointed uh, manager coach of Derby County Football Club, um, has basically had a conversation with Jack Marriott and kind of read between the lines, kind of says, "Yeah, you're really shit. It's probably better." that you are at Sheffield Wednesday. And today, after we're doing this podcast, you know, as we're doing this podcast, Derby have lost 1-0 to Rotherham. <laughs> yes. So they're a team who are struggling for goals and a team that is right now poorer than us in the table. And also, let's let's remember that we've had a minus six points deduction. So effectively, we're on 25 points. Yeah. He has said, yeah, you're not good enough here. So... I the only positive I can take from this, Rich, is I really hope that gives him something to step it up a bit. Whether him stepping up a bit is going to make any blind bit of difference is the next piece. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I really, really don't know. It's it's bad. It's worrying. I was really hoping that he had gone back and he was gone, and that we'd have a bit of freedom for anybody else to come in. Yeah, I hope it doesn't impact what we're able to do business-wise uh, in, in the window. But um, let, let's, so, you know, Marriott, one of our summer arrivals, let's go through all of the summer arrivals and, and give them a bit of a a, a, a mid-term assessment. 
uh, a kind of mock exams for the for the end of the year. Um, exactly, <laughs> a real Grange Hill uh, sausage in their face. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and we're going to go through them as in the same order that they joined the club. That's going to be the uh, the way that we're going to sort of pass this out, rather than um, mm-hmm. appearances or, or anything like that. Um, which means that first and foremost, we had uh, Fizeo Delhi Bashiru. Fizzy, FDB. FDB. Um, for my mark for my grade for FDB, I have gone with a C plus. Hmm. Um, there's a really interesting thing. You know, it it really does remind me. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but you know this this world of you know, I'm going to bring this back again, but when I remember watching me and Rich and I had season tickets in an underwhelming League One season. Yes. Under the world of Alan Irvin and then taken over by Gary Megson the season before. Mm. The season before uh, the the Megson-Jones promotion, promotion season. And remembers thinking of Paul Heffernan a lot. Yes. Paul Heffernan signed early on. Yep, going to be a main striker here. You know, I've got a decent record at this tier for lesser clubs. Therefore, it should be a shrewd free transfer kind of acquisition. And when it's not working, the problem is then other strikers who are signed of a better quality or a bigger name, I should say, who were ahead of him in the queue for a starting barefoot front. Mella, Morrison, players of those ilk. Yeah. There comes a situation when it's not working. Where's Paul Heffernan? We've never seen Paul Heffernan, so we've never been able to judge if yeah. Paul Heffernan is worse than what we're seeing on the pitch. But sometimes when you haven't had that opportunity as a fan, it's like you're a bit incredulous. You're like, well, you know, surely he's better than this. That's the that's where you end up, isn't it? That surely, mm. surely they're better than without any without knowing that mm. there are depth. There's depths beyond the depth. Um you assume that what you're seeing is as bad as it gets. But yeah, I mean, that was a pretty, in particular, Clinton Morrison was one of the great disappointments. We've talked about you and your, um, your personal contribution to, to his time at Wednesday, but um, I don't think we have, I don't know if I want to uh, broadcast on the podcast though. (laughs) But the other uh, thing I'll say about Clinton Morrison is I know he, I think he had a season in league one after being released by Wednesday where he was at Exeter, I think it was. And I believe in about 37 appearances, he scored about three league goals. (laughs) And I think my argument stands that I think if any of us would have had the fitness to be on the pitch for 37 times in League One, we would have scored as many goals. (laughs) It really becomes a real... In a a kind of um, infinite number of... Monkeys, monkeys and typewriters yeah yeah we would have we would have had a few best of best of times worst of times up front <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> his last season he played yeah it's um wow it's pretty he kept going for a while mm. wow yeah yeah couldn't couldn't tempt him to punditry could they <laughs> he's there now he's he's really fun as a pundit actually mm. The way he stands on the edge of the screen and waggles his arms around um, is really <laughs> quite an effective. Really effective takes you back, does it? Yeah. So, <laughs> and that relates exactly to Delhi Bashiru because he is 37 years old. Um, Always scored against Wednesday in previous appearances as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. There we go. 
I think, yeah, we don't know what we don't know with him. I, he feels a bit formless to me. I think that's the tricky thing. Mm. Uh, or like a gas or something. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, he's... Um, Much like Alan Partridge thinking God was a gas. Is that is the same thing with you, Rich? <laughs> yeah, at room temperature, he is, he is a, a shapeless, formless <laughs> gas. No, I, I just don't know, like... I think midfield has become one of these areas of the pitch that has become so specialised in recent years. It's quite rare to get just a, a midfielder that kind of does a bit of everything. You tend to be a holding midfielder who's quite limited in the way they play, but you've got a tremendous engine, you kind of get around and you intercept things. You've, you're... Um, you, there's kind of box-to-box, but you know, it's just so many fragmentations within, and it seems that or most people want to be the sort of midfielder that doesn't do any of the hard work and just pops up and scores some goals occasionally. Mm. That's half the England team is that sort of player. Um, so, but I don't know with Delhi Bashiru, you know, he talks about his hero, his great hero being Yaya Torre, and I, I can definitely see some of that. But he was an interesting kind of type of player, Yaya, because he did play deep, um, almost as a kind of energy management sort of thing. That, that was by the time he was at Man City. I don't know if he played that way all his career, but then he would make these charging, fantastic runs from deep. And I, I sort of feel like Deli Bashiru. He's the running side of things. We've definitely seen from him. He's got a good sort of t- uh, sort of change of pace. Um, I've enjoyed those moments where he's kind of sucked in players and then kind of burst past them with the, with a mixture of like you know strong upper body strength uh, and 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 a bit of speed. Um, and we and we have benefited from that at times, but I just oh yeah I just don't really I haven't seen enough of him to know what he's about yet. But I think C plus is fair because you don't want to damn him with it. I don't think he's done anything wrong yet. Yeah, I know he's had an anonymous appearance or two along the way, mm. but he's almost not had the chances to have a have a great season or a bad season yet. He needs to get more of a look in for that to happen. Okay, let's move on to the next signing, Shay Dunkley. Shay Dunkley, I've gone with, uh, again, it's an interesting situation of bringing in, and that's a difficult thing with Delhi Bashiru. You know, there's so much that we haven't seen, and there are so many kind of caveats to the kind of background and build up of all of these player ratings. Yeah. Because there are injuries, there are suspensions. Not really suspensions, but you know what I mean. There's a number of mitigating factors in the telling of this tale. I think for Shay Dunkley, though, I'm going to have to go with a B. I was. That's my inclination as well. Yeah, a hopeful B, <laughs> because mm. yeah, as you say, there are several if if ands and buts. I don't. I don't honestly know if we would have signed him if we'd known it would take so long for him to make his first appearance for us. I don't. Mm. I, you know. I don't, that's a sort of unknowable, but it, it obviously fed into how he was perceived and a bit of the frustration. Mm. Um, he was taking up a, a squad position and wages uh, when we almost could have signed him in this transfer window and saved ourselves six months of wages. That's interesting. But, yeah, but we but know then... that he's a positive influence. We, we've seen his, even when he signed, he was, you know, a bit maybe a bit over the top with what he said but um but an enthusiastic infectious sort of character and maybe having him around the the dressing room and training ground has maybe things could have been much worse you know that's the kind of 
to go back to <laughs> the Heffernan thing, we don't know the depths that could have been. Um, it's not been wonderful, definitely. Uh, but maybe it could have been worse if we hadn't had a positive character like him around. And now that he's in the squad, he looks fantastic. And, and we've had value out of his having signed him now rather than January. I'm not saying that we definitely, you know, we could have waited till January to sign him. That's It's a, a speculative um, suggestion. But we got a couple of games out of him at that key period of time. We've got points from those games. Um, and as I say, we've, we've had his presence throughout uh, to, to, uh, to whatever extent they're, they're, they're mixing together the, um, the, the injured and the, and the able-bodied players. But I think B is fair. Uh, it'd be nice to see him attain at least that by the end of the season, if not, if not better. He does seem a fantastic character. He feels like a kind of natural captain type of character. Um, yeah. I mean, also, let's just, just kind of take a look at this. I mean, wow, it's only five games. It feels more, though. I know. He's had an outsized influence on things, hasn't it? Mm. But it, yeah, it has. It has been so few games. Um, yeah, intriguing. I mean, but it, as uh, you you don't know the value of, of the character. That's the, um, and, and all of the games he's played so far for us were in the, those five appearances were in December. So you know, we wouldn't have got that with with a, uh, a January signing. And mm-hmm. um, next up is Izzy Brown. Izzy Brown. Um, I've gone for a C for Izzy Brown. I almost. I almost feel that's a bit too generous, but um, it could be. What did What did you have for Izzy Brown? Well, it's maybe a bit harsh, but I, I was almost thinking a D. Wow, a D plus, <laughs> D plus or C minus. I, I would, I could, I could land on. Mm-hmm. I just have been so. I've just been so disappointed. I know, like part of its injury, which is not his fault. Um, but from that initial. That initial sort of impact he had in that in that game against Cardiff, I just thought, oh, what a what a player we've got here. And then that dried up so quickly. Um, he's almost done nothing since then. Uh, pretty much, which, pretty much. Which and sort of done less than nothing in some games. I think he's come on and been much worse than the player he's replaced mm-hmm. uh, several times of late. Uh, and as I say, part of that will be injury, fitness, etc. Uh, but it, it's hard but to also, shake the feeling that... Sorry, go on. But also weird cameos in a, a weird kind of out of position. Like, I, he's been brought it's on fair as a enough. striker. Yeah, it's not... He's. I'm sure it wouldn't be his chosen position. But mm. but then, uh, isn't there a base level of... I, I suppose... So that you can play out of position and you can kind of play out of position feeling sorry for yourself and telling yourself mentally... Oh, this is not my position. I'm not going to do well here, and I'm not doing well here. You can play out a position and go. I'm just looking. So look at Callum Patterson. He's played in like seven different positions for Wednesday since he joined, and he attacks every one of them like his life depends on it. And I see Izzy Brown come on, and it's there's nothing about. There's just so little about him, and I think we talked about. I think we talked about it with with we talked about it a bit with last season. The mental side of the game is a different sort of thing, isn't it? And it feels with, with Izzy Brown, the way he was talking when he came in at the start of the season and the positivity that he was talking about, the kind of relationship with Gary Monk and things like that. Maybe he is a guy that sort of struggles, like motivation, maybe, belief. It, it, there's 
there's things beyond just his pure skill level that affect what Izzy Brown does on a football pitch. That's I'm sure that happens to everybody, but there's different there's different you know there's greater extents and, and lesser extents. Um, but he's someone that it, it has a kind of outsized influence on on what what he does on a football pitch, and it just feels like he's shrinking. He shrunk away from mm. this talented, positive character that we had early doors. Uh, he's almost unrecognisable now. And I know what you're saying about not playing positions that he's used to, but it doesn't stop you being a footballer. It doesn't stop you... <laughs> you know, the, there's basics of the game that doesn't really matter. I was thinking this um, with with Liam Shaw to an extent. So one of the things with youth is you don't know what you don't... Like what your limits are. So yeah. like Liam Shaw... He came through the ranks as a centre back. He's clearly got good enough. Like he's got good. His feet are good enough that he could play further forward. Um, and actually, out before the week, before um, the FA Cup game, his best performances for Wednesday were, were like the front person in a, in a midfield three, mm. not being the holding midfielder, <clears throat> not being the hod carrier, but being the guy that actually kind of knits midfield and attack together so to be a guy that a six foot two or six foot three lanky lad that came through as a center back to then being the guy that's doing the clever sort of interstitial bits of play that's sort of baffling in a weird way and you'd sort of you almost think what's the worst job you could give to a a center back and that's probably it but (laughs) no he's got enough confidence and enough ability and enough i don't know belief in himself that actually well, let me, you know, let me try it. Let me see. I don't know that I can't do it until I try it and fail. And almost like there's, it seems like in your life, Izzy Brown, I would characterise, we talked about specialising in midfield. He, Izzy Brown is one of these players that has kind of shut the door on so many different parts of his game. He wants to be the guy that just pops up on the head. He wants to be Frank Lampard, but in particular, just that bit of Frank Lampard, which is arriving late mm. and, and popping up and scoring or or like playing the last pass. The glamorous, exciting bits of midfield play with almost none of the other accoutrement, you know? Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's just sort of intriguing because he's not, he's older. He's 24. He's he's not a youngster anymore. Um, and it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like he's sort of decided what he is, yeah. maybe prematurely mm-hmm. uh, and probably to his detriment, I think, because this is not a Chelsea player and this is not a Premier League player. So where does where does Izzy Brown go when he leaves Sheffield Wednesday? He's 25. Oh, he's just turned yeah. 24. So, so you know, this, this should be him entering his prime and kind of blossoming as a player. I think he's had opportunities to put a stamp on things, maybe not as many as we would have hoped or liked. There's, he has had a severe sort of injury in the middle of all this. But I just... I don't know. He looks like he's lost his way, and I, I don't feel like he's gonna. He's finding it with us. Either. Maybe that was the hope. I don't know how he had such an impact for Luton playing the way that he. If he was playing anything like he's playing now, I don't understand how he had quite such mm. an impact for Luton. Anyway, interesting. Uh, I kind of want to bring up the fact that I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Lucas Piazon left Chelsea this week. Oh right. Okay. And Lucas Peters on another one of Chelsea hoovering up youngsters. Yeah. And then just spending, you know, a near eternity on loan. You know, yeah. 
probably yeah. bothering Vitesse Arnhem at some point as the, you know, the Chelsea Dutch feeder club, um, amongst others. And but he was the longest serving player of the Chelsea squad. He wow. had been there for ten years. Wow. And I don't know. I imagine he's probably going to leave Chelsea at this, you know, after the season. This is where his contract's up. But you know, it's funny. I mean, we haven't mentioned this, but oh, he signed know, permanently there's... for um, for Carlos at Braga now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, go on. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, you know, there have been other clubs vying for Izzy Brown's signature. Mm. And you know, I wouldn't blame Chelsea for recalling his loan. I don't, no. but I also don't think he'd be a great loss at this stage. No, no. I was really excited for what he was, and he did some. He, you know, he did. He had some good impacts at that beginning few spell, but that was literally a few games. It was a handful of games at best before he was injured. He was out of sync. Monk goes. Pulis comes in. Decides he doesn't like him. Yeah. I'm actually surprised it's so. It, it's not lots and lots of games, but there was five games before he got injured. Six games, seven games. No, uh, sorry, four games before he got injured, and then and then he's been back since the end of October in one shape or another. Um, mm. I don't know. Just yeah, it's it's hard not to. I mean, I, I'm I'm sounding a bit kind of like bitter, and I apologise for that. But I just <laughs> there's just you know being a football fan. I don't tend to do this too often with players, but it's just so disappointing. He's got a tremendous opportunity and he's got just massive possibilities and it's all going to dis. It's all going to dis. Like Mm. you take the nice big contract, you go to Chelsea, but this is the kind of, you know, you've got to take your moment or get off the pot. And if you're 24, 25 as, as Piazon or Piazon was, you know, same position. Do you know, is this going to be it? Is this is this as good as it gets for him? Um, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just disappointing. It just it feels like we've sort of seen a microcosm of his whole career in front of us. A kind of promising start. Oh, this would be exciting if he can capitalize on it. Then injury, and then capitulation. Um, just I would, as you say, I, I wouldn't mind if Chelsea said actually we're going to send him somewhere else. But he's played. Most of the time he's been available, he's at least got on the pitch. I don't think he's got that many minutes overall, to be fair to him. Um, but, yeah, his impact just disappeared. Um, speaking of sort of people who had a good start and maybe have sort of slightly frustrated, we come on to Elias Kachunga. Elias Kachunga, um, a player who we went through the list, and I said to Rich, I said, we signed eight players in the summer. I've only got six. And the two that I forgot about were Dunkley and Elias Kachunga. Yes. Probably says a lot, doesn't it? Um, it's difficult because I I think in so much as we can't have, you know, we couldn't have nice four oh, no, five, we can't have nice things. We can't have four or five strikers of great quality battling out for position. I think you need some people who potentially have ability, you know, have the yeah. opportunity to offer you something different and an ability in one of those third, fourth striker berths. And I think Kachunga does that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i grateful we still have Kachunga to some degree because, I mean, Marriott's back and I think he's terrible. Um, but <laughs> I there's also a degree of like, I'm glad we've got some bodies at least. Yeah, yeah. Because then you kind of, you know, you have players who you're like, well, I can kind of see potential of them potentially doing well. So you just kind of... <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, there, there are times and situations where, hey, we're missing players because of suspension, because of injuries. And I don't know. I, I think I'm I think I'm largely grateful for Kachunga for being in the position to do something. I've still just been a bit underwhelmed. I've gone for a C- minus for Kachunga. Actually, wow, okay, yeah. I actually think had Kachunga had the opportunities, if you add up the opportunities mm. that the the other strikers have had ahead of him, um, more often than not, being Jordan Rhodes, but when when Marriott was fit, he was getting on the pitch every single game. Yeah, um, and sort of add, I suppose, um, may, maybe added Izzy Brown in these weird cameos to it as well of late. I would have rather seen uh, so for me Kachunga. He's been hot and cold, but I think he's been least. He's been the most poorly served by the the picking the poor managerial yeah. choices that have been made because. There's just been games... Well, I've just not seen anything from Jordan Rhodes more often than not to make me think he should be getting picked ahead of anybody else. If there is another warm body, put them on. Because what we're getting nothing out of out of him. Um, and I th- Marriott was almost in that position as well. I mean, it was amazing that Marriott... Well, we'll get to Marriott. But um, yeah, for, for Kachunga, it, he's one of the few where I feel like the frustration is not... Well, same with Dali Bashir. It's not his own fault wholly because um, he has had moments where he's looked bright and then he just hasn't kicked a ball for another four or five games. Um, he has done the classic good sub appearance, bad start, which we have got grown mm. so, so used to um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Wednesday, in the, in the world of being a Wednesday fan. But yeah, I, I suppose C- minus is fair because if you look at it overall, his impact is very similar to, to, to that that Izzy Brown has had. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I want to see him given more opportunities to at least let us know where he stands in things because he's he's got bits to his game that other people don't have, and um, mm-hmm. it just feels like we're not we're not making the best. He's not a lone striker though; we know that much, but we don't really have anybody that is. Um, speaking of lone strikers that maybe uh, should or shouldn't be given the opportunity, Josh Windass next up. Josh Windass. I've been remarkably, not remarkably, but I I have been of a certain note disappointed with Josh Windass's kind of permanent spell at Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Um, I expect I expect more from him, and I don't think he's done that. I still feel at times like I'm glad we have him. I'm I'm glad that some of his his other uh, his other parts of his footballing character is there some of his qualities qualities yeah, is the word yeah. i was going for everybody um <laughs> there on the pitch it just you felt like you were having a pace. stretch for you know you were going to end up at penis but um it's good that qualities is where we've ended up i was exactly. worried so i have gone for a b minus for josh windows i i would tend to agree i think i I'm less disappointed. I, I've 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 been more more often than not. I've I feel like Windass has done is doing as well, almost like uh, Harris. He's doing as well as he can. He's just not naturally suited to what he's being asked to do a lot of the time, or mm. he's getting very very little in the way of support from his teammates um, because they, all of these players, to be fair to them. Are being assessed in the context of a desperately bad period of time for this football club, um, 
I mean, it was bad under Monk and then it got worse under Tony Pulis. So, you know, to be fair to all of them, that is the backdrop for this. Uh, they're trying to stand out against, you know, as we've touched on many times, a poo-daubed canvas. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, I, I just, uh, there's bit I like a lot about Windass. I think if he was playing in a better team, he would look even better as well. I think he's one of those sort of players. Um, maybe he wouldn't get in the team alongside people like Forestieri and Hooper and things like that. But I'd almost, I'd, I'd be intrigued to see what he looks like alongside a better cast of supporting characters because he's having to pull up trees to, to make anything happen in, in this team. Um, uh, you know, and, and it's only so often you can pull rabbits out, out of hats. Uh, and I, I think generally he does give it a good go. I do think he fades around the hour mark, which is sort of mm. disappointing. Um, I don't know what you do about that. Some people just, um, in terms of stamina, some people just don't have it, don't have a match worth in them, and he doesn't seem to have a match worth of a full pelt leading the line in him. Um, and again, it's only partially his fault in that we don't have somebody then to bring on to do the same job. So it ends up hurting us to keep him on and hurting us to change him for somebody else. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think B, B minus is fair. Um, I think if, other, if, if we were, if we were seeing a few more B's in, in his, um, his fellow signees, uh, we mm. might, <laughs> we might see a slightly better output from, from, uh, Windass. Uh, next up is Callum Patterson. Callum Patterson for me gets the highest ranking of this with an A minus for Callum Patterson. Nice, nice. I find it interesting that there are some Wednesday fans who don't think a great deal of Callum Patterson, who don't think he has much qualities as a football player. Yeah. I, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's ever... He's, yeah, sure, he's a little bit limited as a football player. I don't think he's... You know, he's definitely not one of the more skillful <laughs> players in the Sheffield Wednesday squad, but I don't think he embarrasses himself. And I think it's really a... a a great example of someone who has the attitude, who has the application and the desire to just make things happen and to be in the places and to, and to back themselves and to put themselves in that situation. And I think that just that commitment is Callum Patterson all over. Um, maybe my mark is skewered slightly for the better because I, I find him just incredibly charming as a, as a football player. You yes. know, he's a real character. Yeah. It's nice to have those characters at your football club. It's nice to have players with a personality that you feel like you understand or you know who they are. And, and have character in this case not be a byword for tosser. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're like, oh, he's exactly. a real uh, character. Um, but no, he's he's genuinely seems like an infectious personality. He It's the old adage. If we, if we had a team that attacked the, the game of football like Callum Patterson, we would not be... You would you would never finish below mid-table. Mm. Um, almost regardless of level of talent, because he shows that spirit. You know, he knows this is... This is a privilege. You're a pretty... You know, as a football player, you're a member of, of a privileged few, and your years being able to do it are precious. And I, I just feel like Callum Patterson lives for this. And he, mm. he loves loves it and he'll try ever try anything you know he's he's got some really weird goals for us um and he's got weird goals throughout his career but it's almost because it's like 
Well, I might as well. I'm here. The ball's coming. I might not flick it in with my heel, but it's the only way I can hit it, and I might as well give it a try, you know? Um, that kind of give-it-a-go personality, it's really lovely to have around, and I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think we would be... We'd be in a much worse situation without Callum Patterson, even though I would say he is wholeheartedly not the person we needed to fill the role that he came in for. Completely. Um, I think he's almost a hilariously bad signing for that. But a great guy to have around the, the club. And um, yeah, he's he's fast becoming, you know, one of my favourite Wednesday players for all the, all the reasons you mentioned. Mm. And I think A minus is fair enough because yeah, despite I think it's interesting though he's 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 done well enough that even the people who criticise him as a footballer still have to kind of grudgingly praise quite how effective and efficient he's been <laughs> with the chances he's been given because in this very much so yeah. team he's managed to get himself five goals um, and rarely misses when he gets the opportunity. You know we're not a team that is making chance after chance for our our striking players and and he he tends to take the opportunity if it's given to him um we now come round to jack marriott who we've talked talked a fair bit about in uh in the other discussions so you don't think there's any great foreshadowing that should spoil should be a real spoiler to what people think people know what i think about jack marriott as a football player i think people are going to be really surprised when you give him an a minus as well uh he's got a minus but the letter before that is is an E. Yeah. Um, I'm also giving him, that's a, a mark above the realm of an F. Uh, a, because he could put his, on the test, he could write his own name and spell it correctly. <laughs> and also, I remember that time, I think, on his first appearance, where he had a nice, acute, acute angled shot. That was good, wasn't it? That was good. That's all we can remember from Jack Marriott's Current time at Sheffield Wednesday. He's been awful. Really a terrible signing. Um, yes, yes. I almost think E- minus is generous, but I, I, I'll go along with your reasons. Um, I won't penalise him for the fact that I want to call him Andy Marriott all the time. Um, <laughs> why, why do you want to call him Andy Marriott? Who is Andy Marriott? Wasn't Andy Marriott a goalkeeper at some point? Could well be. Could well be. English, Welsh. You can't be both. English Welsh footballer, there you go. His name rhymes with Whack Chariot. <laughs> oh, he does. Oh, wow. Uh, Andy, Andrew or Andy Marriott, um, English born Welsh professional footballer. Uh, he is a journeyman player. That's uh, just, 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 um, <laughs> does Wikipedia do that often? Uh, but he was, he was, uh, <laughs> You know, you just you reminded me of just great skill. I, uh, over Christmas, I had the fortune of going around to an old boss's for, for Christmas. And, you know, we played the standard kind of parlor games. You know, the one where I don't know formally what it's called. You write a word down and then effectively, you know, you uh, you talk about it without saying the name of it first. The second round, oh, yes. you act it out through charades. The third round, you just say one word. Okay. I don't know what the name of that is either, but I know I do you know. Appreciate what, you know what the game is. Could you yeah. imagine just doing a, doing a player uh, writing a football player's name down as one of those and being like, "He's a he's a journeyman football player." <laughs> You're going to have to narrow it down. <laughs> well, exactly. So I Played think for Andy a few Ma- clubs. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't help. It's not helping. <laughs> I think Andy Marriott was um, Sunderland's goalkeeper as they 
in the Peter Reed years, which is maybe why he's stuck in my mind. But he's had a lot. I mean, for a journeyman, even for a journeyman, he's he's packed in a lot of clubs. Um, (laughs) Right. Sorry. Well, come on. What did you make of the signing of Andy Marriott that we didn't sign? A plus. Uh, He was brilliant. Yeah, he did everything we wanted more from a fictional imagined player. I was bowled away. I was like, I didn't think my imagination could contain what I was going to get from Andy Mario. <laughs> and yet here we are. Um, and here we are at the end of the list with uh, with Aidan Flint. Aidan Flint. Well, I was wondering if we really were at the end of the list, but that is true. That is the end of the list. That's the that's the eight of the eight. Um, just for everyone at home, we're not including Karidi Adedoyan. Um, because he doesn't because we, exist. He doesn't exist. No. Um, though we did give a rating to Andy Marriott. <laughs> I think on a scale of A to F, Adedoyan gets seven. Is that fair enough? Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. I really like the game where Andy Marriott did like a very FIFA thing and took the ball from uh, took the ball as a goalkeeper <laughs> and, and dribbled it past ten players. And then he didn't actually go to take a shot on target. He just like kept it in the corner for ten minutes. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was top top quality Andy Marriott. <laughs> Moving on to Aiden Flint. Aiden Flint. What a I'm I'm not disappointed for him and what he did. Sorry, I'm not disappointed for what he did. I'm disappointed for him. I'm disappointed mm-hmm. for his situation. Yeah. Um miraculous really that we signed a player who came in who we managed to get about probably about 300 minutes of fo- of like first team football without yeah. much of a substitution. To the point where then that's the point where he, you know, seriously ruptured a hamstring and was out for a number of months. Um, for those appearances and for what he did, thank you for your services, Aiden Flint. I've gone for a B for Aiden Flint. It's such a shame because obviously, well, Aiden Flint is the man we should have signed um, after Carlos's, after the, the, the first, the playoff final. Mm. Um, and. It's almost. It was. It's so much. Weirdly, it's. It's so. It's. Um, sorry, I will say words in an order that makes sense to humans in the moment. Um, there are parallels to Jordan Rhodes. It's almost like a micro mm. Rhodes saga, uh, except that he did his job when he eventually got on the pitch for Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that kind of glint in the eye, you know what might have been eventually get him maybe too late in the day, but there's maybe there's still some shine there. Um, and then when he played really, we, we kind of looked transformed, although I'm looking at those games and that was, we beat Birmingham and then we lost to Brentford, Luton and Rotherham um, with him playing. <laughs> it just would have been worse if he wasn't playing. Mm. Um, and then it all fell to pieces and he's gone Gone back to Bristol. Um, or gone back to Cardiff, sorry. Mm. Um, he was at Bristol when we should have signed him. Uh, yeah, such a shame. Uh, because he looked absolutely everything we needed when he was playing, by or by and large. He never got to do a star jump in front of the goalkeeper for us. No. No, he didn't get to pay his back with that one, which would have been nice. It would have been lovely, wouldn't it? I'm sure it would have been a disallowed goal. <laughs> yes, yes. Had we even had a player who could actually bend it in, you know, <laughs> just hit the target with them. It's a lot of the... variables there, isn't there? Yeah, 
But yeah, hard not to feel disappointed about Flint. Um, it's nice that we've got Dunkley now, so we're not feeling the loss of him quite so keenly. Mm-hmm. Um, although Dunkley was Dunkley's injured, was injured again before all of this um, COVID nightmare took hold. Um, do you still think? Do you still feel like we need some help at the back there? I think so. I mean, who have we got now? We've got Lees, we've got Dunkley, we've got Burner, Van Aken. Van Aken, Shaw, yeah, Palmer, Palmer can step in there. Yeah, Palmer can step in there. It's weird because I don't really know what. I still don't have a good handle of what defensive formation we have. Well, P- Pulis also said that we had. What did he say? He said we had five. Six back, and a half. Back, yeah, no left back. Yeah. Yeah. So what would? You, uh, sorry that we've not. I've not. But I. For this, but what what would you be looking for? This uh, your ideal window. My ideal window. What would you like to bring in? Much like if I was in like the Times and I was talking about my perfect Sunday. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, what is the artisanal toast for my uh, Sheffield Wednesday transfer window? What is my what is my walk in the moors for the Sheffield Wednesday transfer window? <laughs> mm. So we signed a wide player, which I think was something we needed. Yeah. I would like I would have liked someone of a bit better ilk and reputation than Andre Green. I I think it's a it's very shrewd so signing. Um, I know. But that's difficult. That's basically saying no one's got any money. Beggars can't be choosers. All this type of stuff. Yes. Um, now that Mario's back, I mean, in a way, we've got enough bodies in striker, but it's just he's yeah. bad. Yeah. He's bad, yeah. isn't he? Like, the thing I was going to say with Mario would be like, I, I was wondering as a theoretical question, Rich, what would. <laughs> so, Marriott, what, what rating did Marriott get in your world? Jack Marriott, not Andy Marriott, by the way. Jack, yeah, uh, no, I well, I think an E minus was was more than fair. I may, I maybe would have been tempted to go with the F. Go with the F, the F word. He's I mean, abysmal. I, I would, I would rather. Well, before he got injured, I was saying I'd rather have Rhodes play instead of. Yeah, him. I know. That is really, I mean, well, Rhodes would nobody have, would um... like Rhodes to be to be to start pulling his weight more than me. Let's be, mm. you know, let's be frank about that but no there, there's very few players if any that have had more of a shooing than jordan rhodes on this podcast since since it started and well, i would every day of the week play jordan rhodes over the andy uh, the jack marriott that we had before he got injured the problem with jordan rhodes um pulling his rate by the way <laughs> pulling his pulling, foot pulling his foot <laughs> did it, i said jordan rhodes right you said you did say John. Rose. You know you, you have one of those days where you, else. you know you have one of those days where you want to say you know is is penguin a real word and you just have a <laughs> yes, real struggle. Yes. I'm like, is that his real name? I just had a, like a mini, mini maybe a transatlantic attack. Maybe I just had another <laughs> mini stroke in my brain just now, as I often I have a lot a, of strokes on this podcast. I had a friend who uh, during an exam forgot how to spell the word you. Uh, in that same way <laughs> and they ended up just putting the letter u because they'd convinced themselves that it couldn't be y-o-u like that's how is that a word that's not a word y-o-u is not a word and then and, yeah and they weren't it. spelling a female sheep as well no no which is that a difficult the, one that was the next thing okay <laughs> the problem with jordan rhodes pulling his own weight is he is also carrying a caravan full of bricks behind him isn't he oh yeah definitely it's like the Free Little Piggy story, and Jordan Rhodes is one of them. <laughs> but he's he's built a caravan made purely out of concrete, and he has to take it with him everywhere he goes. 
But it knowing feels like- all of that, Luke, having had four, nearly four years of that now, Luke, I look at, I was looking at Andy Marriott. Uh, why am I? I can't not call him Andy Marriott now. I was looking at the fictitious <laughs> Andy Marriott in the shape of the very real Jack Marriott and thinking, my kingdom for Jordan Rhodes. I want that cart horse on the pitch ahead of this awful idiot in an Alice band. He was terrible. And the fact he's with us till the end of the season is one of the more depressing things that has happened in a very, very depressing season. Yeah. Uh, have there been occasions where, you know, like in baseball, there's, um, there's like a, a thing of like young players now get, there was a botched surgery a player had that kind of made his bowling arm faster. His pitching arm, sorry, they don't call it bowl. His pitching arm faster. And now it's like a, a thing. You go get that surgery because it does make your pitching arm faster. Has there ever been an occasion where a footballer has come back from an injury better than they were before? Because that's all we can hope for with Jack Marriott because he was woeful when he when he was fully fit before. So somehow they've reattached the ligaments around his knees better so they can actually kick a football and behave like a sensible professional footballer. That would be the only kind of upshot to come out of this. <laughs> I would like it if there was some type of like um, cannon mechanism around <laughs> his knee that was wired for him to just... Just, just kind of spring load as you could just. He just winds up his right leg as a knee, and then he just presses presses a button that like fires out. That'd be good. He'd probably bloop. He'd probably bloop more over into the cop. But at least it puts you know there'd probably be some real velocity. But if he got his us. body over it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We Look just need him. Goalie. We just need him to be at a forty-five degree angle when he presses the button. You know, forty-five degree angle forwards. He's replaced sections of his spine with string so he can fire his head at the ball in the air from a distance. Oh, maybe maybe we just need a weekend at Bernie's type thing. It's like me and you, literally me and you throwing a corpse at the football would be better than what Jack Mario was putting out on the pitch before. He got it injured. would be a bit like Rich if me and you were doing um, kind of a green screen Jim Henson where me and you were, like, green-screened up like frogs, and then we would, like, carry this, like, black puppet around with, with ping-pong balls <laughs> to try and, you know, try and get captured in a, a film. Maybe we could do that, and we could just... That would be better. That would be better than Jack Mario. <laughs> me and you, as, like, heavily out of shape, late 30s, male, overweight males, just lumbering around the pitch, just carrying... Carrying Jack Marriott's puppet body, like, <laughs> like you know, we're taking the piss out of Rotherham and the Chuckle Brothers, but we would be, we would be the, the lesser Chuckle Brothers, you and I, <laughs> in our weekend at Bernie's. Oh dear, that's, that's a very funny image. <laughs> oh See, yeah, all of that would be better. <laughs> That would be much better. That would be Bannon much would be shouting at us for not playing the ball back to him. And I'd be like, but I said it was to me, and Rich said it was to you. It was just not, <laughs> not Barry. Oh, dear. So so we think that the, the person and being of Andy Marriott <laughs> is enough of a striker to make that not a priority. Is that the, is that, is that the decree? I, well, I worry that, because it's just... 
I've got all this money, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm dead from Chancery, you know, I can't spend money because of FFP. Mm. Also, I've told the fans previously, don't worry about FFP because we have friends in the comments. <laughs> or plans, I don't know which it was. Plan. I don't, I think it's just friends, I don't, <laughs> maybe, he had, maybe he thought the plans were with the friends, and then he went to the friends and like, what are we going to do? And it's like, I don't know. And then they started the theme tune and it was the one where that Thai guy comes around and that's too much debt. Could you be any more screwed? (laughs) I was going to do the same reference as well. Uh, Chancery Bing. Yeah. Oh dear. Though, though I, though I don't know. Maybe, maybe Chan Siri Bing has gone to has gone to Yemen, just like Chandler Bing. <laughs> I'm going to Yemen. Ah, <laughs> oh, but we were on a break, so. <laughs> so uh, again, I think we we I would like a a, a, a good striker. A good striker. I hate I hate when everyone goes. We need a goal scorer, but yeah. I know it's it's just unfortunately I, I get it completely. And I'm also there. Like I, I, I don't. But in, in saying, you know, I would like a goal scorer, but maybe I'd go for the the bit below a goal scorer, which is like a, somebody who's remembered having a shot on anger at the goal mouth, and someone who has, you know, yeah. able to get shots on target. That's what I'm there for. Yeah, yeah. Fair I enough. don't know. I don't know what else of the positions because I, I don't know. Like it, we seem to keep going with Joey Pelopesi. In the middle of the park, we keep going with a free. Izzy Brown's nowhere near that. Um, we still got Luongo to eventually come back from injury. Yeah, he's, he... he's really disappeared, hasn't he? Again, it seems like it's he picks up picks up a niggle, like and then that's like three months. You know, it's yeah. I would love to know if there's any rhyme or reason what behind that sort of thing happening, like Luongo was pretty much an ever-present for QPR for the whole time he was there. And then joins and played a lot against for Swindon as well, just looking at this. Mm. And then joins us and he's like permanently injured. It's really strange. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to, yeah, I just, is that a coincidence? Does that happen to other teams? Is it just that we feel it happens more to us? I don't know. I suppose Harris is the other way that he's he's never played that much football and seems to still be pretty ever present and fit. Um, I would like another midfielder. I would like a defensive midfielder. I think mm. between Luongo's absences and Pelupesi's limited abilities, um, it would be nice to have somebody who can kind of drive us forward from that position. I do. Th- to be fair to. Uh, maybe you're rolling your eyes before I even start, but I think Pelo Pessi's weirdly been one of our better players this season. Um, certainly much improved from the year before, but then I think it says more about everybody else in the squad and the season we're having than it does about little Joey. Yeah. I think little Joey's maybe got two or 3% better, but everybody else has kind of got much closer to his level or dropped below his level. Mm. Mm-hmm. Other than him making leaps and bounds, um, I I think I'm in a weird space right now of like this is the thing with the squad, and I feel like going on right now, like you know, it's largely been pretty dire, it's largely been pretty poor. The last few results have been a lot more like it, yeah. Um, but 
there's also a feeling of this isn't going to last forever. And, you know, there's only so much mileage we can get out of the players that we have at the squad. So we do need new reinforcements. That's an interesting point because it's really hard to know. So we've assessed the new players, but looking at this squad, the kind of mixture of youngsters coming through and older players kind of maybe having some waning powers. Um, it's so hard to know what this where this squad stands because they're definitely, definitely better than they were playing under Tony Pulis. I think mm. that was a terrible for whatever reason, you know, whether it was that, that you know, if we if we give all of the benefit of the doubt to Tony Pulis, he felt that he was lied to, it was a bad situation he walked into, all the rest of it. Whatever the reasons behind it, his man management was desperately poor in a way that was very surprising from such a kind of old sage of a professional. I mean, he immediately put everybody, <laughs> like, put everybody down and continually damaged their their um, their confidence and picked teams based on that lack of confidence. So that was a desperately poor period, and they're not as bad as those 10 games. They're probably not as good as the last three or four games suggest. <laughs> but are, where are they in between? I mean, I think they're probably slight. I think Monk was not doing, getting the value out of the squad as well. So if mm. they're somewhere between Monk and Thompson, mm. that's probably good enough to stay up. It is. Yeah. But it's finding the person that can do that. Because the worry with Thompson is this is that you're riding a wave. We've, we've had assistants or, or like... Ter- uh, Temporary coaches, you know, caretaker coaches come in and have this little moment. It will go off the rails, and it's how well suited is a man that has never really managed in in a a long coaching career. How how many tools does he have when things start to take a a downturn? So, but then the thing I kind of think is so if right now it seems to be the situation that we have a number of uh, agents, advisors. Um, for all that we know, there's never any formal announcement. I'm still wondering if David Downs, um, the the scout and one or two scout mates of his, were brought in by Steve Bruce. Right. Yes. They were led to believe they're still involved at the club. There's no okay. ever formal announcement to how the operations works, which I think adds to the frustration of a lot of Wednesdayites, me included. Like you know, who is signing ex players? then I don't know, maybe the answer is to still just keep going with Thompson until he does a poopy, and then we can bring someone else in. That, to be honest, is my kind of inclination at the moment. Why none of the managers we're looking at are massively highly sought after. Mm. Most of them have been out of a job for more than a year. So what is the rush to go and grab one of them? There's not there's not a kind of amazing opportunity that you, we've had that in the past where you sack the manager because a, a, a great manager is available. That's happened. That's not the situation we're in. We're in this we're, we're in the situation of looking for our second permanent manager um, signing of the season because we got it so horribly wrong. Mm. Last round. So, um, yeah, I think, I think waiting and t- giving Thompson the time to, either make the job his own or just ride the wave until it's done and then make the appointment feels to me like the most sensible option. I don't think there's any particular need to rush mm. uh, based on, based on well, well, yeah, the situation we're in, but um, 
I, I don't know whether that's again it's kind of football managery pie in the sky stuff. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how realistic that is because at some point Thompson presumably will want a contract that gives him a bit of permanence, secures his position because he's at the moment he's doing. Several of us will have been in this position in, in our work. He's acting up, uh, you know, he's acting above his station and, and doing the job of somebody that would be much better paid than mm. him. So at what point does he start to say, okay, I'm doing the work. Where's my where's my paycheck? Yes. That's only natural. So you might need to at least give him till the end of the season at some stage. But at least I, I think under Thompson, despite the fact obviously he's a very experienced man, you know, He's spent a lot of time in football management yeah. and coaching. I don't know. I know there was a lot of spells before, and the interesting thing is obviously Lee Bullen is still there as part of the coaching managerial team. He's always there, is Lee Bullen. Lee's always there, which which is good, but it, it felt a bit like, I don't know, it it weirdly felt a bit Icarus-y last time of him saying, this is, you know, I want the job now. Because he'd been do you know, he'd been there a long time. And he'd been there in the managerial first team setup for quite a while, up until, you know, this season, you know, before Monk brought his own people in. Oh, yeah. So but I don't know, this there seems a bit more kind of humility there with Thompson. Or at least that's what we're getting at least from the interviews and the PR piece. Mm. It just felt frustrating for Lee for Lee Bullen, who's, you know, good reputation in the club and we still remember and endear him for his cult hero status around Wednesday. Yeah. In our recent history, but um, it just felt like that kind of didn't, in addition to those losses, that didn't, really didn't help his situation. No, no. And I don't think we ever got that from Stuart Gray when he was here. No, he was very good at the kind of politic side of things. Yeah. But then I think Stuart Gray had been more front line. Like, I think he's... It feels like he's been more of a kind of background character. Mm. Uh, it's intriguing, but I, I I suppose that's the thing. Like let's like looking at what what we need in terms of players. That's one thing, but it's it's getting the most out of what we got is the is the most important. I think having a another holding midfielder would be good. I think maybe another body up front, but may, maybe just a better version of somebody like an Izzy Brown to kind of knit things together would be just as useful because Windass and Patterson have shown they can get goals, so maybe giving them more opportunities to get goals is it would be as good as making a a new signing up top. So signing a winger is part of that. Maybe getting a fullback or two in because we still don't have a left back. Um, but I don't I don't quite get the same fascination that I mean, previously I did. I, I I must admit previously there was a period, definitely a period of like we need a proper left back. But that, felt that, that one, is, is that what you're thinking? Well, it's just, it's just been so long. But now it's just like, I don't know where... The problem I'm having this conversation with you, Rich, is I, I don't know where to do improvements. Like, yeah. everywhere's, everywhere's a bit crap on the pitch, to be honest with you. I suppose a positive spin on that then, though, is <laughs> almost whoever we had would be, uh, you know, to go back to the dark soul of, of um, Heffernan again... Uh, mm. You know the the haunted Dracula type figure that he uh, he represented. Um, the wherever we bring in extra bodies, it's going to be an additive. It's going to be helpful mm. as long as they're of at least a kind of modicum of quality. Yeah, uh, and maybe that's quite a nice position to be bringing players in 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 a weird way. You're not yeah. looking to 
you're not looking to improve on something that's close to perfect you're 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 making additions to something that's very far from perfect and mm-hmm. um you know what the additions would almost be welcome in every every position on the pitch um well there we go that's just i mean sort of a weird um trip of a of a of, a, of an episode um a week without competitive football for wednesday um hopefully think you know the situation improves and and we we do have a, a game to talk about next week uh but we won't have two to talk about we won't have a midweek one to mention we know that already um and we've got the we one bit of news we didn't mention is that we've got our our cup tie with with everton how do you how do you feel about that as a draw um i i so we've we've got everton and then if we win that one we would either play Spurs. well there's also another team <laughs> No, it's probably a Spurs, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it Wickham they're up against? Wickham I think Spurs? So. Right. So it's probably Spurs, but still, let's let's give that kind of caveat there. Um, I don't know. It's, it's again, the reoccurrence of Everton. We've definitely played them in one of the Cups in recent years. Um, well, I, I always say we draw somebody like Everton, and I don't know how, how many times it has been Everton, but it's very much... <laughs> our our classic draw is a team, a Premier League team that is more than good enough to easily beat us if they put enough first teamers out on the pitch, mm. uh, but not in any way exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> it would not sell many extra tickets. It probably won't be on TV. Although interestingly, in this case, we are on um, we are on TV. Um, we're on. We're not squirreled away on some red button channel. We're uh, we're actually. We're on Babe Station, aren't we? <laughs> we're on Babe Station, yeah. Um, <laughs> you get to see James Rodriguez do a turn as long as you phone in. <laughs> we get to see uh, Pickford listlessly play his breasts. <laughs> as as Barry Bannon has a shot into Rose Ed. <laughs> exactly. I... Jordan Pickford is so comfortable in the goal here that he's actually... Um, He's rubbing his bosoms together. But if you're liking this action, call 0800 bib bib bib. <laughs> oh, excellent, 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 excellent. Uh, so, so on that silly note, <laughs> it's it's not. Yeah, it's a weird draw. It's not a very great merit. We'll probably lose. It's kind of almost TV worthy. I don't know about the finances anymore in it because there's no there's no away trip to Goodison for any fans, right? No. No. And then there's no gate receipts. Presumably TV money. There's a bit of that. Um, you get money for getting through rounds in the FA Cup as well. I mean, I don't uh, know. Would a, you know is is a is a draw against Sheffield Wednesday going to you know take a lot of uh, scousers who support Everton away from Conker's season? You know, is a big. Is that, <laughs> oh, it's just it's just Conker's season all around in Liverpool. That's don't you know. know that that's been it's all been banned because the PC gone mad. I didn't know that, no. Oh, PC went mad and ate all the conkers, so it's no conker season. Uh, let's <laughs> right. I think on that rather silly note, we should we should bring things to a halt. Uh, let people get back to their their lives and uh, let us get back to our lives. Quite frankly, Luke, what you know, mm. what remains of them mm-hmm. in this you know this unforgiving hellscape that is uh, 2021. Uh, 
cheerio best of luck for the week ahead and uh, i look forward to talking to you again soon about an, an actual football match that's allowed to happen yeah me too cheerio